Welcome to OKHR Leads, hosted by Tara Crowley and Rob Trotter. I'm Tara Crowley, and my current role is OKHR Certification Chair, and Rob Trotter is Sooner HR's President and also is on OKHR's board. We are connecting with HR leaders in our community and around our community and hearing their story of what makes them tick. Hi, Rob. Hey, Tara. How are you doing today? I'm good. Do you want to know what I have been, well, not really watching, but I've just been ter- um, told about that's occurring right now is the College World Series. Okay. So have you watched any of that yet? I, I have not. I have not. So tell me. So, you know, it's been the bad year of COVID. North Carolina State is one of the finalists, I mean, the top eight playing in the College World Series. And they are in, you know, the top eight. One person on their team got COVID. They had to forfeit. Oh, no. No. Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine? So they're playing in this, and then they had to forfeit. So the team that they were playing went ahead and advanced. Uh-huh. I would be devastated. Yeah. I uh- mean, this crummy year. Crummy year. But you know what's happening now? Out of a crummy year, we've had cool things happen like podcast. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm excited. Mm -hmm. I do know who our guest is today. I kind of look and peek. So uh, again, you you hit it out of the park. You know, you're you're going outside the state of Oklahoma to talk to people about HR in Oklahoma. So I'm excited about this one. This one, this was fun. I was uh, prepping, reading his book. He's read a wrote a book. He's written a podcast. I'm sure you're going to tell us all about that. So who, <laughs> who is our guest, Tara? Our guest today is Bruce Waller. And Bruce is originally the Seminole, Oklahoma bowling professional champion who ramped up his career to become the VP of corporate relocation for Armstrong Relocation out of Dallas, Texas. He authored the book, Find Your Lane, uh, which is about a a career-focused passion guide for persons seeking more joy in their career, as well as starting the stellar podcast, Life in the Leadership Lane. Last year, he started it during lockdown, and Bruce has been volunteering in HR, SHRM, um, in the SHRM world since 2012, and most currently serves as Texas's SHRM CLA Director for Leadership Development. And at OKHR, we've become familiar with Bruce because he's presented to OKHR State Council on multiple occasions, as well as at local chapters. And Bruce is the one pillar of OKHR Leads Grassroots Podcast because he is the one person who gave Rob and myself input He shared information about platforms and was our number one cheerleader from the beginning. And we're still in the beginning, so I'm going to say that. And so bottom line, he gave us this push. So we want to welcome Mr. Bruce Waller. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me today. I remember when we had that conversation, you were talking about this dream. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I can, like, feel the passion. So I knew you were going to be successful that day, that very day. So, I'm, man, I'm so glad to be here. I know. I'm smiling ear to ear. So I hope that we take this picture right now of all of us smiling because we're all just happy. So 
Okay. Yeah. And so we're so glad that you're here, Bruce. It's so fun um, that we get to hear more about you because you, on your podcast, ask other persons about their stuff or what makes them tick. And so now we get to hear about you. I know, right? I want to like, I, I love asking the questions and now all of a sudden I'm on the other side of the table. But I got to tell you, I'm really excited about this particular episode because I remember really back in 2012, 2013, when I was the president of Dallas HR, I remember thinking, yeah, man, I am from Oklahoma. I want to get to know some Sherm folks in Oklahoma as well. And so uh, I actually attended my first conference in 2014, and I'll never forget it. I walked into the Ford Center. I walked in, had a great, you know, attendee experience with registration. Then at my first session was Greg Hawks. Okay. Oh. Talk about <laughs> electric, right? And guess yes. who else was in that room? Mike Shaw. And Mike Shaw, oh I don't know if he made this up or what, but he said it's National High Five Day. So that was like... <laughs> the most energizing one hour session I've ever been to at a conference in my life. And I said, from that day, I want to be involved. So uh, I'm, yeah, so glad to be here. Yay. Well, welcome number one, but number two, why don't you tell us and let people know about what your background is and how you got into your career and then also started volunteering. So tell us about all of that. Yeah, sure. Well, as you, as you said, I grew up in the small town of Seminole, Oklahoma. For those who don't know where Seminole is, it's probably about 45 miles southeast of Oklahoma City, town of about 8,000. Grew up there. My father, my mother and father purchased a bowling center called Tri-City Lanes. And so that's, I tell people all the time, that's where I learned to network. And so I yeah. there at an early age, had a great childhood growing up. And then I went to college at University of Central Oklahoma. And the reason why I went there was because my grandmother lived there and I could live with her and wouldn't have to worry about paying extra costs. I could live with her and go to school. And so I went to school at UCO and got a degree in business management. And that eventually led me to uh, Dallas, Texas, and where I joined a relocation company. And I remember when I when I moved to Dallas, everybody really thought I was going to kind of be the heir apparent for bowling. Cause I, I bowled, I worked at the bowling center. I mean, bowling, that was my, that was my life. I always like to say too, that during that time, I really like, I was serving HR before I knew what HR was, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. but I moved to uh, Dallas, Texas uh, with my wife and, and my three children and uh, started working in the moving business. My brother was in the moving business and so he got me an opportunity to come here. And the really, the reason why I did that, number one, I'd graduated from college. And I was like, hey, it's time to move on to that corporate job. But number two, in, in the entertainment industry, bowling in particular, uh, people don't bowl from eight to five. They bowl at night and the weekends right. that's when you work. And so I right. was looking for uh, a, a different type of job. So I went to work for a moving and storage company in Dallas, Texas. And I worked there for, for many years in, in management and moved to a couple of different companies. And then in 2004, I joined Armstrong Relocation and I joined actually in a different role. I joined in a sales and marketing role. I just felt like I wanted to try something different. I was looking for a little bit more autonomy. And so that's when uh, I really found my lane. You know, you talked about the book. I wrote the book, Find Your Lane. And that's really about like finding like what gives you like joy, right? What, what you're calling your purpose. 
And the reason why that is, is because when I joined Armstrong in 2004, I had autonomy. And all of a sudden I was like, okay, well, now let's get out and let's do some networking. And so that's really where it started and where I really became like self-aware of what like really energized me. And uh, during that time, I, you know, Rob had mentioned on one of the previous podcasts that he was a Toastmaster. But one of the things I wanted to do is I wanted to be, you know, if I was going to be in sales and marketing, I wanted to be good at presenting. So my boss said, hey, you ought to check out Toastmasters. So I did. And I attended Toastmasters for a couple of years and got through the 10 speeches to get my certified Toastmaster. And that was uh, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> I remember my very first meeting when I was, you know, they have the bell there whenever you say ums. And it was like, ding, 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 ding. Oh my goodness. Uh, but during that time, I knew that I needed to get out and really, really drive, like really build a network. And since human resource professionals are typically the ones that are hiring and recruiting talent and they need to relocate that talent, I thought, hey, I need to get to know some different people in HR. And so I joined Dallas HR and eight years later became the president and then served on the board of trustees for six years. And today I serve Texas Sherm and it's, it's just been, it's been an incredible ride. Did you, so if you are in this function with Armstrong, do you, and you're a, you're the big dog, you're, you're the VP, you're over these things. How have you seen being involved with Texas Sherm and Sherm has helped you in your role of leading a business? Oh my gosh, it's helped me in so <laughs> many ways. And, and, and everybody uh, that volunteers can, can relate, right? I, I remember, we all know who Steve Brown is, right? He's the VP yes. of La Rosa's and serves on the Sherm board. I remember at a presentation one time, he said, everybody needs at least five people outside the workplace that they can talk to just talk to. Mm -hmm. Well, when you volunteer, you have those five plus another 55 or 500. And you have people that you can talk to and get different perspective. And I tell people all the time, there's no better place to grow than when you volunteer, you get to see what good looks like. So you can emulate mm -hmm. that. You could see what not good looks like. And uh, it, there's just, there's so many advantages. But for me, I think it started with when I, when I joined Dallas HR, I remember, and I shared this in the book. So one of the things about writing a book, I was very vulnerable in that book. And when I pressed that publish button, I was like, oh no, what did I do? But I shared a story about the first uh, couple of times that I went to attended a Dallas HR meeting. I remember walking in the room, there being 200 plus people in the room networking before lunch, and everybody looked like they knew each other. I was like, oh mm -hmm. my, this, it's very daunting. And the second time I went to a meeting, I, I went in the door and I saw the same thing and I walked right back out to my car and I sat in my car. I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot go back in there. And about 10 minutes later, I said, you know what though, if you're going to meet people, if you're going to grow, you've got to go in there. And so of course I forced myself to go in and, and it all worked out great. But it's not easy, but when you, you make the decision that, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out there and I want to build my network, um, 
there's just there's just no better way to not just build a network but to grow and uh it's yeah it's been an incredible ride so bruce on that note you know what some pointers can you give uh, somebody to build their network what what have you found works and for your network uh, I, I that's a great question and, and i'll tell you for me the reason why i struggled early on was because i wanted to talk about me <laughs> i wanted to talk about my agenda Hey, I'm a moving company. Here's what we do. Do you want to talk? No, not interested. When I really, when it really changed for me is whenever I really leaned in and I started uh, being curious and uh, really leaning in to learn more about the person that I'm talking to, right? And it's amazing what happens when you do that. Whenever you ask the question, hey, where do you work? What do you do? What energizes you? What value do you get from this meeting? And the more you do that, the better, not the better you get at networking, but the better you, honestly, the better you feel about yourself. So I would say number one is not having an agenda about you, but learning about the, putting the other person first. But the second thing that really helped me was when I would go to a meeting and you both have probably done this. When I go to a meeting, I'm not just taking the information for me, applying it to me and moving on. I'm trying to figure out what can I get for the people who aren't here? And so I write that down, I learn it. And then I might, I might email it to someone. Hey, I was at this share meeting today. Here's what I learned because people aren't getting those emails. Tara, are you getting those emails? No, they're saying, Hey, where's my, project you're on a deadline yeah. or whatever that is but and then the second thing is if it impacts me well a lot of times i'll put it out there on social media too because i think hey if it helped me it might help somebody else that wasn't <laughs> there today so i would say those are just a couple of tips i've got a, a follow-up yeah. real quick on that can you give me an example of the power of networking something that when you network with somebody magic happened for you on the other end Oh my gosh. So man, it seems like, okay, so I am writing a book right now. You know, we talked about find your lane. I'm writing a book called life in the leadership lane. I've actually written it. I'm in the nice. edit process. Chapter two is called it's growth day. And it's really about developing a growth day culture because every day is a great day to grow. Isn't it? And, you know, so whenever I meet someone and you talk about magic that happens, Whenever I meet someone, my goal is to try to find like find that connection, number one, but I want to learn something from them. Honestly, when I'm listening to OKHR leads, I, 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 I've known a lot of the guests so far, but I'm like, I want to learn something. <laughs> and so for me, that's, that's when the magic happens is whenever you can really connect with someone and get so curious and learn something from that and then apply it and then you get better from that. So, I mean, I think about it is, and, and you all both know this well, not, not are you just like networking, you become great friends mm -hmm. with these mm -hmm. with so many different people and you have all these resources. And so that, that's where the magic happens. Yeah. How about, yeah. yeah. Agree. I want to ask about you. You talked about being vulnerable. That's hard mm. work for me to say. Vulnerable, mm -hmm. vulnerable um, to publish your book and also to 
to do a pot. I'm going to put podcast in there too, because I think both those things were stepping out and where were your pinch points? What did you do to go push, Mm. push past it? What, what were those things that made you go? You know, I will tell you, I have had a, I'll call it a dream. I've had a dream to do something like a podcast for several years. I remember, I think it was Jimmy Kimmel or I don't know, Jay Leno probably did it. Uh, but it, they would have somebody on the street and they would ask questions to a person, you know, it's kind mm-hmm. of silly questions. And I was thinking, wouldn't that be cool to go into someone's office and just do five minutes of like five quick questions and then post that? It's always had that on, on my list, but I never could or, you know, never found time or made a priority to do that. 2020. March of 2020. As a matter of fact, the day before the world shut down, I was speaking at Terra. And I remember when I came back and of course uh, I had, you know, I had met, I mentioned Greg Harks earlier and I, I had met uh, Greg at, for breakfast and we were talking and he was like, yeah, the world's getting ready to shut down. I'm like, really? Are you serious? And <laughs> I was thinking, okay. So c- a couple of weeks into that, I was like, oh my goodness, people aren't moving anymore what am I going to do? Am I just going to like, just sit here and what, what am I going to do? And I was like, so all of a sudden people were zooming and I was like, what's zoom. <laughs> and did y'all know where zoom was before COVID? Mm-hmm. Okay. I did not. Yeah. So I zoom and I was like, Oh man, I'm going to start this podcast. And so, uh, and the reason why I did it, there were three things that I said, I want to lean into during this time of COVID or this pandemic. I have no idea how long it's gonna last. There's three things I'm gonna focus on. Number one, I wanna stay connected. Everybody's like shut down. How are you gonna stay connected? Before, prior to COVID, I was doing coffee meetups every week. Nobody's doing coffee meetups, they're closed, right? I wanna stay connected. Uh, I wanna stay visible. How can I stay visible? And then number three, I wanna stay educated. Those are my three like focus areas because for me, uh, I'm uh, my um, my performance is by you know by quality by my sales numbers. By, but if nothing's happening, it might get pretty depressing looking at all my performance. Right? Like, how can I do this? And I got to tell you, and and I bet you both would agree. I knew it was going to be good connecting with people on the podcast. I just didn't realize it was going to be this good to have a purposeful conversation with someone. uh, And then an hour later, it goes, time goes by so fast and you get to record it. And not only that, you get to share that with the world. And Mm -hmm. you're like, man, I learned something from this. I bet somebody else does. And so that's the reason why I started it. I will tell you, I had a guest on the show uh, her name is Adrienne Court. She's the uh, Chief Human Resource Officer for Alchemy Technology. She shared something, and, I, and I've got so many takeaways from these guests. Her takeaway, uh, my takeaway from her was the OTL. She calls it over the line. Most people think that they need to get the ball over the line before they begin something. And she said, really, uh, the people that, are, that really have success... They are good at getting the ball 85% there, right? So to the 15-yard line and then going, right, and just doing it and then figuring out the rest. 
Well, for me, I will tell you on Life in the Leadership Lane, I had my first guest on, Kevin Dawson. I called the show, if you go back and listen to show one, I called it Leading Leaders or something like that. And I was telling Kevin after the uh, recording, I said, you know, I don't have a mic. I don't have a, I don't have a, a, a light, uh, but, you know, I just want to start. And I said, and the mm -hmm. name is just not really sticking. I said, I used to have this, you know, I like this song, Life in the Fast Lane. I have the book, Find Your Lane. And he said, well, what about Life in the Leadership Lane? I was like, that's it. So Kevin Dawson, <laughs> so that is after, after the very first recording. And so uh, my, my point here is, is that I, I was not, I was not ready, but I was 85% there. Right. I was like, I, I'll start and then let's just keep getting better. And I've heard you both talk about that, too. It's like we've done these 10 episodes. We just want to keep getting better. And I think that's the point mm -hmm. I want people to know is that you don't have to be perfect to start. You just got to start. Yeah. I used to say to my son, he played baseball and I would tell him before each game, I would say, go be the best Davis, meaning go be his best, not the best pitcher, not the best batter, not the best second baseman, whatever, but just his best. And I think that's what everybody needs to be in here. They just need to be what their best is. I mean, for themselves, their potential. Yeah, it's so true. As a matter of fact, uh, even listening to your podcast, I listen to some other podcasts. I'm always looking for ideas on how can I just continue to get better and drive the best experience. So um, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I think that's, I don't know. That's a mindset that we all should have is that, you know, we just, you know, try to just keep getting better every day. Yeah. So what lights your, for your fire in your career? Oh man, people, <laughs> people light my fire. I'll tell you, there's nothing like connecting with people. I mean, just this right here, this, this is energizing. Just us getting on a zoom. We're recording uh, this podcast, of course, but like I mentioned before, before COVID, it was, I would get out to all these different coffee meetups. I mean, I was intentional on making sure I had something set up at least once a week. When I'd go to conferences, I would try to set up two or three, you know, meetings so I could just connect with people. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about people, right? And so um, it's my growth day. And I will tell you that, um, you had sent me this question and I was just thinking about, I'm pretty active on social. I don't know if you've noticed that or not, but Instagram, I recently posted 10 things that energized me. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to share this. So number one was my grandkids. I have a two and a four-year-old Crosby and Sutton. They energize me. That lights my fire. <laughs> um, a good Shawnee bowl cheeseburger. So Mike Shaw, I know he mentioned on the show that I was a bowler. Uh, Mike lives in Shawnee, of course. And so, uh, Shawnee bowl has the best cheeseburgers in town. You got to check that out. I'm a season ticket holder. I'm a season ticket holder for Oklahoma football. And so when I go to a sooner football game, mm -hmm. that energizes me. Uh, when a client has a good relocation experience that energizes me, um, you know, when you get a, a review like a, on your podcast, mm -hmm. I mean, do you remember when you got your first review? Did that not feel great? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, that's just so energizing. Or a book referral. Um, or, hey, what about bowling a perfect 300 game? That still energizes me, even though I haven't done that in a while. 
but but those things uh, energize me. And the one common thread is it's all around it's all around people. Mm-hmm. You you mentioned uh, whenever you were talking about going to your first um, Texas Sher meeting, um, I guess it was in Dallas, and yep. you said you were intimidated walking in. Well, that was about people. So, are you normally an extrovert? Are you an introvert? Or I mean, everything you're talking about is people and connecting. So, you know, it's interesting. I'm, is it I'll, natural I'll, or is it uncomfortable? You know, it, it, I think the more we do it, the more uh, natural it feels. I will mm-hmm. tell you, I still get nervous when I go to events where I don't know anyone. Absolutely, it's hard. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, I've become more self-aware of who I am. And I remember when that really happened. When I started my first job out of college in Dallas, Texas, I remember I was a, a, a local operations manager. And the general manager came up to me and he said, you know, Bruce, I see you, you know, talking to a lot of people. I'm just wondering, are you more sales are you more operations? I didn't know how to answer the question, to be honest with you. I didn't know. I was not self-aware. And I remember telling him, well, I'm a balance. You know, I, I enjoy, you know, the operations aspect. And of course, I enjoy connecting with people. And so I'm a balance. And so what he did was he put me on an operations track. And I didn't realize what that meant. But over time, I've become more self-aware And so to answer your question, Tara, uh, when I am out at the event, I try to make it the best experience. I try to like learn about, meet as many people as I can and learn as much Mm -hmm. as I can. But when I, when it's time to like be home, I'm home. Like I want to, I want to just like get in a book or movie or whatever and be home. And I don't want to. And so I think a lot of people would think I'm always out and about, but that's not necessarily true. I wonder if y'all feel like this. Whenever there's a networking event coming up and you had a tough day and you're like, oh, I've got a, I have this networking event, but I really want to go home. But you force yourself because you committed, right? You force yourself to go to that networking event. And then when you leave the networking event, you always say, I'm so glad I went. I met so-and-so. It was such a great experience. So, you know, when I'm there, I would say, yeah, the more I do it, the more natural it feels. And, and when I'm home, I'm, I'm an introvert all the way. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It's 100% that of, oh, I don't want to go and not looking forward to it. It's kind of, it's in the same lane as working out. <laughs> you I, don't want to do it, but when you're done, you're like, it's the best thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> I agree. Would you, hey, have you ever experienced that, Rob? I mean, you're like, man, you've had yeah. such a tough day but you need to go to this event. And, and I think that's the thing that separates a lot of people is the people that attend that event, they stay uh-huh. committed all the way through. Those are the ones that really get more out of it because they follow through with that. And a lot of people will just, and I know there's some circumstances where you can't, but for most, the most part, um, whenever you make yourself go do that, uh, it, it, man, and all of a sudden, you know, it being consistent, right? Right, yeah. You know, you just see Terry and I's head just bobbing here, like, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. We can do it. It's so, so true. So true. Very true. So, what's your favorite tool in business and how it's applied? Can you tell us about it? You know, I was thinking about this, and, you know, for me, honestly, for me, it's about sharing stories, right? So, you can do that through a lot of different ways, obviously, you know, email, uh, but. For me, when I joined Armstrong in 2004, 
I was trying to figure out how can I be different? I don't want to be known as a salesperson. I want to be known as someone who helps people. And I was reading a book by Jeffrey Gittimer and he talked about starting a newsletter. And I was like, Huh. And so I signed up for his newsletter and I noticed he had 35,000 subscribers. And I thought he just wrote two paragraphs, punched a button, and he just touched 35,000 people. I'm going to do that. So for me, it's about um, just having platform tools to have platforms to share stories. So I started a newsletter in 2005, 2011. I started a blog mm -hmm. called Move to Inspire. And I write on that blog each week about leadership, a sprinkling HR and mobility. I've been doing that now for 10 years, which of course that led to a book. So sharing my story with my book. And, and now, I mean, it's the podcast. I mean, I can't yeah. wait to see what's next, but tools to be able to connect with people. And it's amazing how, you know, you, you, you share a lot of these different blog or stories or whatever you're, you're sharing and you'll hit that one met where somebody will text you back or respond or engage and say I love that that resonates with me and it just feels good to be able to yeah just share those stories yeah yeah it makes your heart happy yeah it does it does it gives you joy yeah for sure. I love that. And I love your answer because I think it's a hard question um, to answer if you're not thinking about, okay, well, maybe it's a platform I use or, but you're, I love the creative answer of saying, yeah, I have a story I can share. And that's the best tool because it's applicable to people. They can identify and they can share a commonality with you. I love that. I really think Great it's also- answer. Thank you. I really think it's a common theme for a lot of people that like have this sense of like purpose and fulfillment. I mean, it's just like you both. I mean, starting this podcast, right? I mean, there's a lot of work to this podcast and, but just to be able you know, just to say, you know what, I'm going to do this just because it just gives me that sense of, I don't know, that sense of purpose, that fulfillment. I, I just, yeah, I love that. Cause I think at the end of the day, it's more than a career, right? Yes. Without question. Yep. Yeah. No question. Passion, way of life. So true. And I've said this to other people. I said, I think HR makes me a better person because you have to think about what you're doing. I love that. HR makes me a better person because you have to think about what you're doing. I like that. Hmm. Wow. That may have to go in my book. <laughs> are we recording this? <laughs> That's we fantastic. are. You can use it. You can use it. You can. We we've recorded it, and then you can use it as your own promo of your stuff. So there it. you go. I love it. I, um, hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. So what what surprises you about HR? Honestly, I will say that what surprises me about HR is that. Many people, I'm not going to say most, I'm going to say many people don't get out and connect. Many people don't understand the value of getting out and, and blocking time and making time to get out. I'll, you know, even, even volunteering, think about volunteering. The first time you volunteer, I remember thinking, I don't know if I have time for this. And you know, when, I talk to some, when people ask me all the time, hey, tell me about volunteering. I always tell them, hey, look, you're going to get out for lunch. 
Okay, why don't you just come to a meeting for lunch? And then how about, you know, uh, an hour or two hours a month, invest your time into a committee and help the, you know, help the, help the profession. And by the way, you're going to develop some incredible relationships that you don't even realize what's going on. So I would say it surprises me that more people don't get out and not necessarily volunteer, but just really like get out and make it purposeful to be part of okay. an organization. And I know many people do. A lot of people do it in a random way, it seems to me. But I, I think that um, that's probably what surprises me the most. I know that you'll see, you know, salespeople get out because they're trying to, you know, find business. And they, but the thing about it is for HR, you can like, think about it, connecting with Tara. I know you talked earlier to Lisa Fleming and just <laughs> think like those, like those connections, right? Just being able to connect and talk about Hey, here's what my challenges are. What are you, what are you faced with? You just have no, and then all of a sudden it, it's more, it, you, you grow so much from it. So I, I would say that probably surprises me the most. And I'm on a mission I to uh, get more people out. Good, good. And you will do it. I have no doubt. Okay. So from having your conversations on your podcast, um, have you gone back to any of those persons and connected on something they've talked about or used with a tool or something they've given to you? And I'm thinking about that because I know I've done something. I think Rob has done something to connect with the people that we've connected with. Absolutely. Meaning, I, yeah, absolutely. I have, I have connected on uh, with people on several things. One in particular is around leadership development. So you mentioned that I volunteer for Texas SHRM. Texas SHRM this year decided, so I, I've been district director in the past. This year they decided that, hey, we want to really invest in leadership development. So we want to put together a leadership development program. And we, Bruce, we want you to, to run this, you know, to, to help us design this program for, for our chapter leaders. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but there's 32 chapters in the great state of Texas. That's a lot of chapters. And so what we're doing this year is we're designing a leadership development program that we can offer in a virtual format for chapter leaders and uh, to help them grow uh, as a Texas Sherm member, to help them grow personally, and to help them be better in the workplace. And so I, one of the questions I'll ask a lot of different people is, hey, do you have a leadership development program? And if we get into a conversation about that, um, I've gone back to uh, several different leaders and say, hey, tell me more about this. And here's what we're doing at Texas Sherm. And, and what do you think about it? And I've gotten some great, great feedback from that. So absolutely, that's been a huge benefit. So uh Bruce, what does a, a, tel- a leadership development program look like virtually for, for Texas Sherm? What, what are you guys uh, working on there? Yeah, so we're actually still in the design of it. But as mm-hmm. of right now, what it looks like, it looks like a six to seven module program where we basically will uh, get different chapter leaders to apply. We're thinking probably around that number of 15 to 20 uh, is a good number for our group. And so they would apply and then they would uh, start the program in February and have, you know, start, start with kind of like Vince Lombardi. This is a football, right? <laughs> this is leadership. Let's define leadership and, and we go through the different modules. 
and then there are several. And so we'll go through all the different modules, Jan uh, February, March, April, May, June, take July off, I believe, uh, August, September, and then have kind of a, at the state conference for the HR Southwest, that's when the Texas Sherm uh, final state meeting is. And so do some recognition there. Mm -hmm. And what it's going to look like is this. We're going to do more of a uh, webinar format for the first meeting. Then we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to really try this. And that is we're going to assign. I'm going to call them coaches, but it's like an ambassador for anyone in the program to reach out to that particular ambassador. And, and they're going to it's more of a, um, hey, here's what we talked about and, and having kind of a 30 minute conversation about that. Uh, more of reinforcing what was just talked about. And then the third piece of that first module is to have like a, uh, like a huddle, uh, more of like um, breakout rooms to where you can talk to each other about that particular module. So really you're talking about three different connections in one month, two together as a team, and then one kind of a one-on-one -on -one type thing. So that's what we're that's what we're doing now. We're going to roll this out again in October, and uh, our first program will start in 2022. So, really, really excited uh, about this program. Yeah, that does sound exciting. So, do people have to be nominated for it? We haven't got that far. We haven't got that far, but uh, yeah, I mean, if if there's 32, because it's all brand new. Yeah, it's brand right. new. So yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to work through all the processes there. But yeah, I think it's uh you know it's gonna be it's gonna be different. I, I you know at the end of the day, I think uh, at the end of the day, uh you know when you grow your people, everything around you grows. And so that's what we're right. hoping is that if we can grow our chapter leaders, their chapters will grow because at the end of the day, that's what we're there for, right? Just like Oklahoma HR in, in Texas Sherm, we're there to support and connect our chapter leaders, right? and to elevate that HR profession. And we do that through our organization, through uh, education, we do it through advocacy, and we do it through leadership development. And that's our mission. And so if we can figure out a way to help grow our chapter leaders, and then all of a sudden they grow their chapters, how, man, that's a big win right there. I'm just thinking about Oklahoma's OKHR OK State Council, we have not that many. And then Texas, 32. Do you guys have a, a meeting where you, everybody gets together or do you guys do it via Zoom now? Well, we have. Or do you, uh, did you used to do it ever in person? So in, in, in 2020, 2020, we had Zoom meetings, of course. <laughs> but we had our first live meeting in Austin in May of 2021. So typically we'll have three meetings a year. We'll okay. have one in a large city. It might be Dallas. It might be Austin. It might be Houston, San Antonio. Then we'll have one usually in the spring. Uh, and we'll have one of our chapters host that particular city. And then our final meeting of the, the third meeting is always at the state conference, which is the HR Southwest Conference. Yeah, okay. it's a big group. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even imagine. I've always heard that I haven't been to the Texas um, State Conference, but I've heard they're great, that they're just full, full on. Yeah, I'm excited to hear how it goes this year. They have announced that they're going to do a, a uh, twofold. They're going to have a live conference for HR Southwest. And then the following week, for okay. those that can't uh, go live, can't travel, they're going to have a virtual uh, opportunity as well. Oh. So they're going to, yeah, yeah. Wow. So it should be, 
Yeah, it should be interesting. But Oklahoma HRs, uh, I remember speaking in Tulsa. I think, Tara, I met you at that meeting, a you leadership did. meeting, right? And I remember it being a pretty big room there. There were a lot of people there. That was for uh, the state volunteer leadership summit in January. And so you came and I think, uh, was your book just out? Just, Had your yeah, book just, just come published. Out? That's right. Yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was fun. And yeah, we found that we had some mutual people that we knew. So, that's right. Yes. Yeah. All right. Last question that's on our main questions. And I mean, this one's a zinger because I don't think that I put it on there for you. But what makes someone smart in HR? What makes someone smart? Oh, my goodness. That is a great question. You know, I, I think making someone smart, what makes someone smart is someone that surrounds herself by incredible people. That's what, that's what makes me smart. I have to go by like, what makes me smarter, not smart, smarter mm -hmm. is just being surrounded by so many great people. And I think that's another reason why I'm so driven to continue to build my network is because I meet some of the most, some of the smartest people uh, ever. And I just try to learn everything I can from them. So I would say, I mean, for me, it's about surrounding yourself with, with great people. And what better way yeah. to do that is, to, you know, hey, and then also, you know, I talked about, you know, growth day. And it's like making everyday growth day. So listen to an OKHR Leads podcast. That <laughs> will help make you smarter. <laughs> ding. Yes. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yes. I, think, I, think, I think when we invest... And I think, Rob, you're really involved in like leadership, uh, learning and development. I, I, I think that when you have that growth day mindset, that every day you're going to get a little bit better, a little bit smarter, connect with more, you know, people that's going to help you get to where you want to go. Would you agree with that, Rob? I would absolutely uh, agree with that. It's, uh, it's something that's infectious. If you start uh, learning and saying, and then you, you mold that into your conversations with people, and it just kind of helps get things out there quicker and, and better. Absolutely. I think one other thing too, is that I've, I've tried to, I've tried to really instill this in people because I want them to know that there's so, been so many people throughout my career that have believed in me. Mm -hmm. And there's that, mm. that sense of words belief. And I just feel like that's a light. I think Rob used this word earlier, magical. That's probably the most magical <laughs> word of all belief. Like when you, when somebody like says something to you, looks you in the eye, you know, handshake, it pauses on handshake and you, you can just like feel it. They believe in you or they or send you a note. And so I've tried to continue to like put that sense of belief into others as well. Cause I know how that feels. And a lot of times when I, when somebody makes me feel that way, I want to go make other people feel that way. <laughs> And I think when you can do that, um, that, that also, that also helps. So smart. Yeah. Yeah. That part of, and I'm going to say that this occurred for me last week, that part of working with an employee who maybe is not as comfortable in their role or working with a volunteer who isn't as comfortable in their role and you get to walk with them and say, help give them their confidence to move to that next or see that it's going to be better, or they see that next part, then they believe exactly what you just said. They, they know it's going to be there. 
and you yeah. just see him go. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, one of the one of the uh, chapters in my upcoming book is called uh, "Speak Belief." So a lot of the different chapters are like themes. Like my first chapter, I'll just give it away. My very first chapter is called "You're on the Air." I mean, think about it. You like you have to show up. Like you're on the air. I mean, no, you may not think you are, but listen, people yeah. are people are talking to you. They're seeing you. You're on the air. And, but anyway, one of the chapters is called speak belief, because I think that I really want to talk about that word belief a lot because people have believed in me so much. And it's just like, made me feel just like so good that we need to Mm -hmm. do more of that uh, for others. So yeah, feels good. Bravo. All right. You have been such a delight. And I know that we've taken up a lot of your time. We still have a few, you know, quick rapid fire questions. Do you have time for that with us? I do. I do. You scare me on the rapid fire, but I'm ready. So don't think too much. In the past year, what has been a revelation to you about yourself or something you've done differently? I think we talked about it a little bit earlier. I, I've been able to pivot and I, I didn't realize what that looked like. But when you really are put in a situation uh, uh, and, and being tested, um, I, I think that's what we all have been, were put in in 2020. I've seen so much success, so many, I, I, I'd say, um, shining lights that, you know, I mean, we talked about podcasts. I mean, there's just so many different things that have come out that have helped us um i was trying to think of what uh you know what i was talking about gratitude one time and you know when you look for the good you see the good right and so Mm -hmm. for me it was about you know pivoting having this podcast staying connected staying educated Uh, as a matter of fact i purposefully enrolled in some different courses online just to keep on learning and growing and so um, yeah, for me, I learned that, you know, when times get tough, uh, you just gotta, you just gotta pivot. Bravo and well done. Yeah, thanks. Um, what mantra do you use for yourself and like to share with others? Find your lane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh my goodness. Yeah, come on, find your lane, drive with purpose. No, I, uh, man, I have a, I have a lot, but here's the one I'm, I, I, I read this a long time ago and, uh, I read it by a guy, uh, that used to play for the, uh, New Orleans saints. And anyway, he said, someday is today. Someday is today. Mm-hmm. Right. So we all talk about someday I want to go do this, or I want to go do that. Well, listen, it's today. And so I just, I use that to encourage people all the time. Even like the podcast, you know, Hey, you're thinking about doing something. Well, today's the day. And, um, I, I just, uh, I want to encourage people if they're, they have a dream, if they want to do something, today's the day. Today's the day, 85% find your lane, just show up all those things all wrapped up in Bruce Bowler. This podcast is full of nuggets. <laughs> it sure is. I'm like, what's going to be on the promo? I don't know, but we we have all of them, every one of them. So, copying from Brene Brown, um, she asks, "What do most people get wrong about you?" 
Okay, I've heard you ask this question to every guest. And I'm like, yeah, I've tried to answer it. Like I'm walking down, I'm running, I'm doing, I got my headphones on. Like I'm trying to answer that question. I'm like, I have still yet, but I would say this. I think it's really all about perception, right? So mm-hmm. I would say most people think I'm everywhere. And when I'm really not, I think that for me, it's about, I wanted to, I want to just be consistent. That That's really what I'm going for. I'm going for being every day, trying to get a little bit better, showing up and just being consistent, just doing the little things, right? Little things lead to big things. We all know that. But just being consistent. So whenever I'm posting a photo of us at Top Golf on Dallas HR, the next day I'm posting something else. Uh, I think a lot of people think that I'm just everywhere when really, really I'm not. I'm just, <laughs> it's all perception. Truth. Very much truth. Yeah. So, by the way, when I have you on my podcast, I'm going to be asking you all that question. So be thinking about that. (laughs) We got it. So, we've asked these questions. So, hopefully, we have some some canned answers, maybe. Maybe. Uh, So, what recent TV show have you been obsessed with? Because everyone wants a new show to watch. Yeah. Once a new show, uh, what TV show have I been obsessed with? Oh man. Um, there was a show recently called mayor of East town. Have you seen that? It is Mm -hmm. fantastic. So good. Yeah. So I just got through watching that. So we do a lot of, yeah, Netflix watching different series my i've seen this already but my daughter who's uh, uh been staying with us uh she's watching downton abbey so i'm kind of watching it again with her a little bit uh but yeah mayor of Easttown was fantastic it was really good yeah i hope that they do a next season yeah i mean i was also a fan of this is us and then they've been kind of sporadic in all their their showing so yeah and then, of course, once uh, college football season, it's college football. <laughs> right. Right. Correct. Right. All right. Not counting your book. What book or podcast has had the most profound effect on, on you and how has it changed you? I will say that there have been so many books, but I'm going to say the one book <clears throat> that has really helped me on my journey uh, was the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership by John Maxwell. I think that book should be required reading for everyone. And because each law, you don't have to like read the book from start to cover to get it. You can just read the different laws. Uh, Like uh, I always share this law and I'll go back and I'll refer to these laws. Like for example, when I took the job at Armstrong, I was, I was a general manager for a moving and storage company doing very, very well. But I wasn't like, there was something pulling at me. I wasn't fulfilled. And when I took the job at Armstrong 17 years ago, I took a 50% pay cut because I was looking for my why, I was looking for, I wanted autonomy. Now, of course, I had potential to make more in time, but the law is this. The law of sacrifice says you have to give up to go up. And I yeah. tell people that a lot of time, look, if you're not in a place where you, where you have joy and there's a place that might give you that joy, 
but they may not pay as much, or you may have to start at a lower level. Sometimes that's okay, right? It's a lot of sacrifice. And so the, anyway, there's so many great things in there, you know, the big, you know, the big mo, the law of momentum. Um, and so it, there, there's just so many things that you can, we can all relate to. Uh, so I would say that would be the number one book. I actually met John Maxwell when he uh, had his uh, failing forward book tour, uh, following that book at the first Baptist church in Carrollton. I bet you there weren't a hundred people there. And yeah, and really? today, yeah, and that was 1998. So, you know, 23 wow. years later, you're not going to, you're certainly not going to get that. But um, he's been, he's been a, he's had a profound effect on me. And I also listened to his podcasts. Um, so I would say, yeah, for sure. 21 Air Football Laws of Leadership, John Maxwell. And then of course, you know, OKHR leads is, you know, right there, like right there. Right in on. The top, right in the right top. There. Right in the top. <laughs> Top something. Well, we have just enjoyed um, our conversation with you, but we can't leave without asking how can people connect with you, Mr. Connection? No, I appreciate that. I love, love, love to connect. Uh, I would say first and foremost, LinkedIn. Just connect with me on LinkedIn. I'd love to connect, uh, have a conversation. And then I'll, you can check out my website at brucewaller.com. Uh, if you want to learn more or you want to sign up for my Move to Inspire blog. And uh, man, it's been like, it's been an honor just visiting with you. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to listen and um, see how this turns out. I know. Isn't it fun? Isn't it fun to re-listen? You're like, okay, this is so yeah. good. I'm like, yeah, Rob did a great job. Or, oh man, I thought he was going to edit this. <laughs> He does spectacular. So thank you so much, Bruce. This has been fabulous. And I can't wait to hear the feedback we get about Mr. Bruce Waller. Hey, I can't wait to see you again. I think the last time I saw you, Terry, was actually at the uh, conference, but it was virtual. So Mm -hmm. it was in the chat. So can't wait to see you again, Rob. I'll get to see you at the Sooner HR uh, share meeting coming up. And so hopefully I'll get to... If it's, if it's virtual, I'll give you an air high five. And if it's live, then I'll give you a live high five. But anyway, I can't wait to see you. And listen, I'm a big fan. I appreciate what you are both doing. And I know you're really both making a difference. So keep doing it. We will. Thank you, Bruce. Right. Thanks Thank you for, for your, your encouragement. And thanks for your time. Yeah. So, see you guys. All right. Bye.